Welcome to Textile Update, the podcast where we can share our passion for textiles, fibers, and yarns. This is Gwendolyn Hustvedt. This is the second of two podcast episodes where I look specifically at regenerated fibers, which are manufactured fibers that use naturally occurring polymers. In this episode, we move on from the um, sometimes uh, uh, laundry debacle that is rayon to talk about uh, some other regenerated cellulose-based fibers, including acetate, which is a modified cellulose fiber. I ended the podcast about rayon, which is a regenerated fiber, so manufactured from naturally occurring polymers, but the fiber itself is not naturally occurring. I ended on kind of a harsh note because it really does make me angry when I think that consumers are being cheated out of uh, something that belongs to them, which is the use of their previous experience with rayon products. When uh, people are allowed to call the rayon products something different, some made-up name uh, that implies that the fiber is environmentally friendly or that implies that the fiber has all of these properties it doesn't really have and is probably an attempt to hide the fact that the fiber is actually the exact opposite of environmentally friendly and that it has really poor especially dimensional stability and it's also going to pill like crazy and it's just weaker. So kind of makes me unhappy when I think about customers being cheated. But another thing that makes me unhappy about the rayon from bamboo scandal is that there are other companies that have invested millions of dollars in researching how to make the production of regenerated cellulose fibers more environmentally friendly and that their thunder totally got stolen by these people that just slapped this made-up fiber name on Rayon. And uh, so people had worked hard to make an actually uh, environmentally more friendly um, uh, regenerated cellulose fiber, and uh, nobody knows about it. So today we're going to talk about Lyocell. Lyocell is the generic legally allowed name for fibers that are made from cellulose. So technically they would fit the definition of rayon, right? No more than 15% of the uh, hydrogen or hydroxyl groups have been substituted, which is the Federal Trade Commission definition. But the uh, innovators who created the fiber we call lyocell did the right thing. They approached the Federal Trade Commission and said, we think the story behind our fiber, we think that the properties of our fiber are different enough that it needs a different generic fiber name to help consumers understand what to expect. Because the point of labeling the fiber isn't to benefit the designer, it isn't to benefit the manufacturer, it isn't to benefit the, uh, you know, uh, polluter behind the original source of the pulp. It's to benefit the consumer who's making a decision. So, Lyocell is the uh, legal allowed name for this fiber, which is different than rayon. Uh, and that's because of several factors. Uh, first of all, uh, it does just have a different uh, cross-section, right? Um, and uh, it, it, so it looks a bit different. It's smoother, right? So just on the face of it, if you look at it under a microscope. 
but uh, this generic fiber developed in the 90s, right, is solvent spun. It's dry spun, not wet spun, right? That's the big difference. It's something consumers don't, wouldn't know, right? You can't tell when you look at a product like, ooh, how is this spun? I'm asking uh, the sleeve of a jacket in my closet, you know? Well, I'm guessing it was not spun since it's polyester, right? But uh, you wouldn't know just looking at it, right? Um, so the producers of this innovative method wanted a different generic name for their fiber because they wanted consumers to understand how different their fiber was. Solvent spinning means that the process used to create the fiber is has been improved enough that the fiber is so strong and so stable it doesn't need the coagulating bath. Uh, it's, it's just ready to go. It's much more comparable to the synthetic fibers that are also solvent spun. Uh, but the other really important point is that solvent spinning is much more eco-friendly than uh, wet spinning. So when you take a bath of chemicals to coagulate the fiber, you're coagulating it by pulling out other chemicals that were in the fiber to liquefy the polymer in the first place. And so you've got two separate batches of chemicals that you now have to figure out what to do with. And I hate to say it, but given that I don't, uh, when I talk with my friends in the in the eco-friendly fiber manufacturing world, um, they'll tell me that they that they haven't been able to actually visit the factories that are producing the rayon that's been mislabeled as bamboo. Uh, that uh, that they have grave concerns that there is uh, environmental pollution uh, related to those factories. Given that we have Superfund federal cleanup sites here in the U.S. that were former rayon manufacturing facilities, uh, this wet uh, spinning method produces pollution that can pollute water. And uh, I'm a wild swimmer. Uh, I live here in San Marcos, Texas. I love going to the San Marcos River first thing in the morning, uh, right as the sun is coming up, right? So I'll find the time of sunrise and I'll time my swim so that just as I end my swim, I can stand up out of the uh, 72 degree water and uh, see the rising sun. I, I love that, right? Um, and... Uh, so the idea that somebody would just casually put pollution into a beautiful river, you know, just kind of icks me out. So uh, when uh, they invented this fiber that uses the solvent method, the benefit is that the solvent evaporates from the fiber as it's uh, hardening, right? Uh, they blow hot air on it, the solvent evaporates. The solvent is then uh, allowed to uh, condense and it is recycled. So it's a closed loop system. Uh, and that means that there's way, way less pollution. Now, uh, the company um, that invented this, uh, this process, Lenzig in Europe, um, was pressured because their production is based in Europe, which has much stricter environmental laws. Uh, there in Austria, gorgeous forests, uh, the forests, the trees of which uh, could be used to produce uh, the cellulose needed to make the regenerated fiber. So rayon produced there for a long time, still produced there, but um, the environmental cost of the pollution of rayon uh, is high. And so uh, this uh, production method was developed. So it is actually considered eco-friendly. The solvent's reclaimed uh, and the fiber is, uh, here's another important thing. 
um, the company that manufactures uh, one version of Lyocell, which is called Tencel, they commit that all of the wood used for the pulp for, for as I mentioned before, probably first paper, and then um, the, the leftover pulp for the production of uh, the fibers, that wood is Forest Stewardship Council certified. You can buy paper products that are Forest Stewardship Council certified. Uh, it means that um, the forest was managed in a responsible way. You know, clear cutting, uh, birds weren't um, uh, disturbed, right? Uh, the, the forest uh, attempted, the foresters who managed the forest attempted to engage in uh, stewardship activity. Not perfect, okay, but uh, it's still a type of farming, but um, uh, they, they have standards that they're trying to meet. Um, and, and you want to compare that with other uh, claims. You'll notice on the, the products that have been mislabeled illegally as bamboo. Occasionally they'll make a claim that the bamboo is organic, right? Um, but because you don't need um, pesticides to prevent bamboo from being um, eaten by insects because you don't need herbicides to prevent weeds from growing up around bamboo. Um, it's, it's kind of a silly claim to make. Uh, it's not like they're certifying the bamboo as organic, right, um, for any other reason. And um, it's not like uh, they, they were switching, right? Um, that's the point of an organic standard is to like tell us that people have stopped doing something. And so uh, Forest Stewardship Council is the certification you should be looking for for products that are made from trees. And uh, yeah, bamboo is a tree, right, um, essentially. And so, um, so it would be much better to see uh, a Forest Stewardship Council certification on those products than an organic certification. So uh, all that said... I really feel that uh, Lyocell, um, that the people who invented it, really followed the rules. And that's why it chops my hide when people just come in with their made-up fiber name that they didn't ask anybody about and uh, aren't following the rules and are, and are cheating people who tried to do it the right way. I mentioned before that the cross-section of Lyocell is different, right? It's round, it's smooth, uh, but the difference that's really important is inside the fiber itself. It has a much higher degree of polymerization than the viscose-produced uh, rayon, uh, than even the modal-produced rayon. Uh, you can actually draw this fiber. Right, so it was it was uh, sturdy enough to be solvent spun. It's sturdy enough to draw. It uh, is oriented. It has crystallinity. These are properties that we see in more in synthetic materials. It has a soft hand and flowing drape, like we expect from regenerated cellulose materials. But the tenacity is even better than cotton. So this material is stronger, right? So when it, if somebody were to make a claim that it is a natural fiber, at least they're um, saying, uh, they're telling this um, uh, uh, thing that you're not supposed to, uh, that isn't true, right? It isn't a naturally occurring fiber, but at least um, they're, they're not deluding consumers into thinking that a fiber that is weaker than a naturally occurring fiber is natural, right? In this case, it's stronger. Here is a lyocell garment right here in my closet. Um, and uh, it's definitely very soft, uh, but it will last a very long time. Uh, I now make my own clothes. Uh, so over here are all of my, uh, I call them my one shirt. Um, so all of my one shirts that are uh, made from uh, Lyocell. Uh, so I, I use Lyocell whenever I can find it. Uh, now there's one um, property of Lyocell that is unexpected, uh, that, but uh, that kind of makes sense if we think about a fiber that's this strong. Like linen, 
the fiber fibrillates with abrasion. So when you crush it, it breaks apart into smaller fibers. The smaller fibers are strong. However, they are thinner, which means that the, fib that the fabric then becomes softer and uh, it's still strong, right? So just like linen, it gets softer over time. Uh, Lyocell gets softer over time. Now there's one downside with which with linen we didn't really think about that much because it's very often just sold in white or tans or grays and in part that's because of this particular property um, that we've sort of uh, stopped thinking about but with a new fiber we had to think about. So if let's say that we have uh, I'm making a circle with my hands right so let's um, I'm, I'm pretending I've got microscope vision on right so let's say that we have a lyocell fiber that's this big around and then it fibrillates and now I'm making two separate circles with my two hands, right? So um, uh, before, if we dyed this fiber and the dye only penetrated a short distance into the surface of the dye, when it breaks in half, um, I now have about half of the fiber that isn't dyed, right? The surface wasn't actually exposed to the dye. And that means that the color will seem less intense because we now have an undyed surface that's being exposed. So the colors appear to dull over time, get a little grayer, right? Um, and uh, uh, because uh, the fiber has actually broken apart, uh, the reflectance of the light changes a little bit. Uh, and so for that reason, designers who use it need to think of it like they would think of linen, that this fibrillation, which makes it softer, uh, can cause more issues with pilling over time. Um, but uh, because the fiber uh, is so strong, right, um, this, uh, the pilling isn't the same um, herald of decline that it might be in a rayon product. So designers need to remember that the fiber fibrillates and that the, that the pattern will get, uh, the colors will get softer over time. So this uh, Lyocell shirt I have here, it's a Michael Kors. It has a snakeskin print on it. And I chose that snakeskin print um, specifically uh, because I knew that it would actually look cool, right, over time if it became um, somewhat softer in color. Um, so I just want to uh, summarize, right? Uh, viscose uh, regenerated fibers have a serrated cross-section. Uh, the Lyocell and the Cupramonia method of viscose, which we might see in scarves, are round, whereas the high-wet modulus has an uneven cross-section. So you can see this when you look at it under the microscope. Uh, the molecular arrangement, uh, viscose is very amorphous, whereas Lyocell is up to uh, crystalline, right, uh, and it's oriented, which is why it has the highest um, uh, tenacity. Uh, all of them have lower wet tenacity, so only cotton does that really wild thing, and that's because of the, fibril, uh, the rings of fibril bundles inside the fiber that actually allow it to grip itself as uh, when it's wet to increase its strength. Uh, so it's something only nature could have thought of or, or accomplish. Um, but uh, uh, that means that while all of them are very absorbent, um, the amorphous arranged viscose has the highest absorbency, which is why it's great for those medical uses uh, and um, hygiene products like uh, diapers. So uh, I'm gonna just shove in the third uh, material here. Um, uh, so rather than having three separate talks about uh, the regenerated, even though we are talking about three separate materials, um, I think I can fit uh, acetate into the next five minutes. Uh, acetate was uh, invented in the 20s, uh, so you want to think about film stock uh, because it's related to celluloid. Uh, it is very shiny, um, and so it is used to imitate silk. It's way less expensive to produce than silk, of course, but it's less durable. 
Uh, unlike um, rayon, it is uh, also solvent spun, right? So we weren't starting from nothing when we did lyocell. Um, so the warm air evaporates the solvents, the solvents are then reclaimed, and this also lowers the cost. Now, the polymer is not uh, cellulose. The polymer has been modified in the chemistry lab so that it is a new polymer called cellulose acetate. Right, so that's why the Federal Trade Commission definition gets so specific and picky. And so specifically, the polymer is cellulose acetate. Uh, the cross-section is uh, multi-lobe with striations, similar to the viscose-produced rayon, but it is very shiny. Um, uh, the hand is actually described as crisp, right? It, it, it almost really does have kind of a chemical feel. And that's because uh, the chemical feel of it is because this is the first thermoplastic fiber. So the fiber actually melts when it gets hot. And this was a new thing, melting when it gets hot, because it means that we can mold it. So actually cellulose acetate, while it can be made into fibers that can be made into apparel, was also and can also be made into lots of other things. You know, spoons and rings and, and, and combs and hair bobs, right? And bracelets. Um, and now it has a low degree of polymerization and uh, it is uh, very weak and amorphous. Uh, so it has poor uh, uh, tenacity, poor wet tenacity. Um, and uh, it uh, only has moderate abrasion, but so inexpensive and can be heat set with things like pleats and other things. So this is another reason why we started to see some really cool styles in the 20s. Another really kind of cool thing about uh, acetate is that it's hydrophobic. And uh, so uh, this is a new thing. We never had a hydrophobic fiber before. Uh, this meant that we had a lot of challenges. We, were, we hadn't invented hydrophobic dyes yet. So we, when we try to use the sorts of dyes we would use with uh, rayon or with cotton or linen, uh, they didn't quite work as well. Um, and so we actually had to develop the first hydrophobic dye called a dispersed dye. Uh, interestingly, acetate is very commonly used in what I'll call the bridal industrial complex, that special kind of almost organized crime that is uh, products being sold to people for the most important day of their lives. Uh, so uh, for your um, bridesmaid's dress, if the person who claims to be a really good friend gets sick to this, uh, you know, several hundred dollar monstrosity on you that you will never be able to wear again um, because it's so poorly styled, the goal of the garment is to make the bride look good by making you look bad, um, that, uh, that this uh, particular product is uh, especially dyed because that's one of the things we do with, uh, with the wedding party. Um, but the, the dispersed dyes can have a problem with what's called fume fading kind of a new thing we didn't uh, know about until we invented cars and we invented this dye and it turns out the ozone from car exhaust can cause the dye to change colors and fade. So uh, it's what an adventure, right? Um, in, the, in the 20s, uh, I get so excited when I think about people inventing all of these fibers. Uh, because the solvent used to produce um, acetate is acetone, if you're wearing a special day dress that the person who claims is your friend has sicked on you for several hundred dollars in order to make you look bad, please be careful. Don't do your nails or use nail polish anywhere near the dress. Now, if you're one of the poor brides who has had a quote unquote 
about silk dress um, that turns out to actually be acetate. Uh, you can test this by um, trying to burn it. If it smells like uh, barbecue when you're burning it, it's silk. If it smells like chemicals when you're burning it, it's not. Don't burn your wedding dress. I mean, a swatch that you, you know, asked for because you wanted to check the color, right? Um, then uh, it's important to know uh, that uh, you want to be careful with acetone around the product. Uh, I, I honestly don't have a lot of sympathy for brides anymore. I was a tailor for a long time, and uh, uh, I would tell people who called and asked about whether or not I would alter their dress for their special day, that there were people who really specialized in that and really loved working with brides, um, and that I could recommend some for them to talk to. Uh, if you were already my customer, of course I would help you with your special day by guiding you towards a gown that was actually made of beautiful silk. That would give me a wonderful experience uh, altering it. You buy a dress that's... Uh, and that's, quote, designed by Disney style, right, the big princess style. Those garments are actually uh, uh, really uh, shoddily made on the inside, so they're very challenging to alter. Um, we're not even going to get into the personality change that people undergo as they're planning the most special day of their lives. Uh, but it's really hard to put on a smile and um, and provide the sycophantic level of service that brides sometimes seem to expect uh, when the garment that they brought you is really just terrible to touch because it's, quote, crisp. Wow. Sorry about that. Um, just, you know, had a couple of bad experiences with a dress that was glued together. All right. Uh, yeah, so that ends our conversation about uh, regenerated fibers.